Getting engaged is a moment worth cherishing. A one-of-a-kind ring that you design at Blue Nile can help your love sparkle. Just choose your diamond and setting. When you've found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Finding the right engagement ring can be nerve-wracking. At Blue Nile, you'll have the expert guidance needed and a diamond guarantee that ensures you're getting the highest quality at the best price. Cherish all of life's moments and save up to 30% at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. This episode is brought to you by Hyperice, the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products, like Venom-heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperrice.com. It's time to play like a jet with your host, Scott Mason. Play like a jet. What does that mean? Garrett Wilson. Wow! What a catch! Touchdown, Jets! That kid's amazing. Gibson on the return. Near side. I don't see any flags. Gibson inside the 30. Hits the Jets. And he's going to go! Jets win it! Touchdown, rookie Xavier Gibson. Game over. Allen has time. Intercepted. Sauce Gardner's got it. Allen tripped up. He could not get past Jermaine Johnson. Oh, look at the speed of Brees Hall. He's done it again. Brees Lightning, 62 yards for the touchdown. And he's sacked again by Quinn Williams. What a beast. Number 95 for the Jets. Listen. This is Play Like a Jet. My name is Scott Mason. You can follow me on Twitter at PlayLikeAJet1. And it's time for part two of the mailbag. So for that, we bring in our friend, the editor at JetNation.com, Mr. Glenn Naughton. So let's jump right back into the mailbag. Yesterday, we left off with a question by Peter J. Dillard. Peter also asks about Zach Wilson and whose fault it is that he hasn't turned out to be the quarterback that everybody expected. He says he's playing better, but it seems like he is what he is. Who is to blame for this? Is it the coaching staff? Did they just not develop him properly? Was he just not as good as everybody thought he was going to be? Is his supporting cast just not good enough? There's so many different factors that play into this. And it's interesting, Glenn, because I saw somebody talking about this, and I can't remember who, but they were saying how the NFL has to have a sit-down and really think about how they're evaluating quarterbacks and how a guy like Brock Purdy gets missed or a guy like Trey Lance gets picked as highly as he does. It's so tough to evaluate these quarterbacks because if you went and looked at the analytics on Wilson, if you watch his tape at BYU, it was really good. And people talk all the time about, oh, he's playing nobody. Go and look at the caliber of defenses that Wilson was playing against because the rank of the team is not as important as far as evaluating Wilson 
as the quality of the defense. Those defenses were just as good, if not better, than the defenses faced by guys like Jalen Hurts when he was at Oklahoma, Baker Mayfield, Patrick Mahomes, Kyler Murray, and all of those guys turned out to one degree or another to be at least solid NFL quarterbacks. Baker Mayfield clearly not as good as the other guys, but he's at least been a starter for several years in the NFL at this point. And Zach Wilson played defenses that were just as good, if not better, even if they weren't in a big conference. So that argument never really made a ton of sense to me. But it's so hard to figure out before the draft whether or not some of this stuff is going to translate. We never saw Zach Wilson under a lot of pressure at BYU. Turned out that that was one of his Achilles heels. He's terrible at handling pressure. We couldn't have known that because he wasn't pressured at BYU. A guy like Brock Purdy, that's confounding too because Brock Purdy was just a guy at Iowa State. He really was a below-average college quarterback. His junior year, he threw for 2,700 yards and 19 touchdowns in the Big 12 where everybody is putting up monster numbers. He threw for like 3,000 yards and also 19 touchdowns his senior year. He really wasn't doing anything, and if you looked at his tape, it was nothing special. Nothing about him jumped off the page either when it came to size or measurables or athletic traits. None of it. You would have looked at him and said, maybe if you're lucky, you might be able to turn him into an okay backup. But then look at what he's doing. And you could say, maybe it's Shanahan. Maybe it's the system. Maybe it's the development. I have no idea. I'm sure that plays into it, but it's so hard to know all the different factors. So Who's responsible for what happened to Zach Wilson? I couldn't say for sure because how much of it is the development or lack thereof and how much of it is that Zach Wilson just wasn't as good as we thought he was and with Brock Purdy, the reverse. Is he just better than we all thought he was or is it one of those situations where he found himself in the right system and he just clicked in a special way? Just goes to show you one more time why evaluating quarterback prospects is one of the hardest things for any talent evaluator to do in any sport. You know, it's a great question, and I'm, I'll tie it in real quickly to something that, you know, I've discussed recently, and it, the way you started your answer, right, Scott? Like, I don't know who to blame, and and I'll, I'll answer the Zach piece, but that's where I am right now with this team as a whole, and I said this last night, you know, I, I literally walk around thinking, I don't, like, I, I'm mad at different, like, one minute I'm mad at Joe Douglas, then I'm mad at Robert Sala, then I'm mad at Zach Wilson, then I'm mad at Woody Johnson, and but then I have to you know, realize or acknowledge, like, I don't know who to be mad at because, you know, these these moves Joe Douglas has made where he's gone out and gotten a bunch of Aaron Rodgers as friends and they're taking up five roster spots and $30 million. I don't know that that was Joe Douglas because, and as I said the other day, I'm not pitching a conspiracy theory, but I don't think it's that far-fetched to say that maybe at some point during these negotiations, Woody Johnson, and I'm not even blaming him for this. I'm not saying it's something he shouldn't have done. He may have said to his guys, to Joe Douglas, look, if we make this happen, if we get Aaron Rodgers, you get him everything he wants. No questions asked. We're trying to win a Super Bowl. We're creating a one- to two-year window. We don't have time to mess around. So if he says he wants Randall Cobb, get Randall Cobb. If he says he wants Billy Turner, get Billy Turner. So I'm not saying that did take place, but it's not beyond the realm of possibility that it did. And am I, So should I be mad at Joe Douglas? But getting back to the Zach Wilson part of it, same thing. Zach Wilson, whose decision was it to say we're starting this guy and we're not going to bring anyone to compete with him? or we're not going to bring anyone in to mentor him, or we're not going to bring in an offensive coordinator who has a little bit more experience in developing quarterbacks. We all know the, the Greg Knapp situation, which was horrible. But, you know, that, I, you know, it was solid staff. I get the feeling it was him. But in, in developing, in drafting guys, developing guys, playing them when you play them, there's so many moving parts 
that I don't know who to blame, but I do like that the Jets at least, you know, this offseason when they didn't replace Zach again, even though they should have bumped him to three and had a number two in here, Joe Douglas did acknowledge, like, look, we, we played him too soon. We're not going to kill the kid because he played poorly early on at a BYU. We, we put too much on his plate, so now we're going to scale things back and let him learn, of course, which only made it that much more frustrating that they put him in a situation where he might not get to sit back and learn. So it was almost like the Jets recognized their mistake. They acknowledged their mistake, which is great, but then they repeated their mistake, and now he's on the field when he shouldn't be. Who to be mad at? Who? Unless you're in that room, I, I don't know how you can fairly say you know whose fault this is. Peter also says, Scott, I have to ask my obligatory offensive line question. Do you think the Jets will come off the narrative that because Dwayne Brown never played right tackle, he can't play there? I'm thinking, so what? Who cares? He hasn't played right tackle. He should have been practicing at right tackle for weeks. Salah can't keep placating egos. What do you think? There's been a theory, and it's an interesting one, that perhaps... Part of the reason why Dwayne Brown hasn't been activated yet is because they've been secretly working him at right tackle the way that they had secretly worked Vera Tucker at tackle in the past and the way that they've done with Joe Tipman at guard. And so that way they can catch the opponent with the element of surprise once Dwayne Brown is healthy and ready at right tackle. Certainly a possibility, but I agree. Becton, for the most part, he's had his hiccups. He had a bad game against Kayvon Thibodeau and the Giants. For the most part, though, Becton's been good at left tackle. He's comfortable there. Knock on wood, he stayed healthy there. We know that he said he doesn't feel right when he plays right tackle, and there's probably a greater chance that he gets re-injured if he plays that spot. Dwayne Brown moving to right tackle, as far as I'm concerned, is the best thing for the team at this point. And I do wonder if what I said is true and Dwayne Brown has been clandestinely practicing at right tackle. Wouldn't surprise me at all based on what Sal has done in the past. I'll tell you what, I like the theory. And and if, you know, saying it's the best thing for the team, I think it, it all just depends on if it's working out. If, if they feel like he can be as good as or or not much of a drop-off from what Mekhi Becton brings at right tackle, that's absolute. That I mean, tip tip of the cap to the Jets if that is what they're doing. Because, again, a similar conversation we had on our show last night saying moving Mekhi Becton again is not desirable. Like, he's managed to stay on the field. He's been your really your best, most consistent offensive lineman. You want to finally develop him in that spot at the pro level. Um, but, you know, we kind of agreed that moving him to right tackle is the right thing to do for the team, not necessarily for Becton, because of Dwayne Brown's lack of experience at left ta- or at right tackle. I think it would be... I mean, you know, we talk about old dogs, new tricks, right? I got a guy at 38, 39 to, to learn to play the opposite side might be tough. But if that if the, if they're at least trying that and they can go to Becton and say, look, we gave it a shot, but this guy's a disaster on the right side. So we need you to go back there. I think even Becton might appreciate that, like that they're trying not to move him. So listen, if they're working him at right tackle and he can step in and play at a decent level, then that that's a fantastic job by them. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. 
And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Survivor 46 is here and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast. And we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. Play like a jet. Play like a jet. Next question comes in from Chris Cushier. He asks, why hasn't somebody asked Joe Douglas or Robert Sala why players like Josh Dobbs can step into Minnesota and perform immediately, but in Week 10, Sala is still using the excuse that the offense was designed for Aaron Rodgers and they're trying to figure out how to make it work for Zach Wilson. It's a very different situation. I understand what you're saying, though, and you're not wrong. It's just, it's tough because when you're talking about Josh Dobbs, the Vikings are so different than what's going on with the Jets. The Jets' offense is such a disaster on every level. They're talking about how it was configured for Rodgers and they're trying to make it work for Wilson. What that really means is that they got a bunch of guys that Rodgers is comfortable with that aren't really that great, but they have good chemistry with Rodgers. And so now they're trying to figure out how to be productive with those same guys now that a quarterback who's nowhere near as good as Rodgers is the quarterback. Namely, of course, we know what happened with Randall Cobb, what's going on with Alan Lazard and all that. And then Nathaniel Hackett being the one to call the plays. The offense was geared towards what Aaron Rodgers does well. Nathaniel Hackett and Aaron Rodgers have a chemistry. Zach Wilson and Hackett, not that history together that Rodgers and Hackett have. So yes, they need to do a better job of figuring this out. But also the Josh Dobbs thing, Thing is a little bit different he was put into a situation where it wasn't a completely dysfunctional offense this offense it goes well beyond Zach Wilson we talked about this a lot Glenn constant penalties all the time just shooting themselves in the foot these receivers dropping passes the offensive line an absolute mess it would be tough for anybody who isn't at least a quality starter in the NFL to overcome the liabilities that we're seeing right now Aaron Rodgers is good enough that if he was out there, they would be able to score enough points to win these games considering how good the defense is playing. But a backup quarterback, it's a lot to ask. I know Josh Dobbs is the hot name right now, but would things be that much different with Josh Dobbs here with the way the offense is playing? You want to make an argument that the Jets would have beaten the Patriots? That's fine. But I don't know if there's any other game where the result would have been different this season. Again, the Raiders game, you look at it, they only scored 12 points. But why did they only score the 12 points? Because every single time the Jets got within range of a touchdown, 
they were putting themselves in position via penalty to be in third and 19, third and 18, all of that. I don't know that a backup like Josh Dobbs is good enough to consistently overcome stuff like that. I agree they should have gone out and gotten him because it would have at least given them another option to turn to, whereas now it's Simeon and Boyle, and we all recognize that those guys are not real options to turn to. So they should have gotten Dobbs and all of that. But I do think you have to look at the picture in totality, and it's a very different situation. The Jets' offense is an absolute mess. I don't know what they do to fix it at this point, Glenn. I think they could have tried to do something at the trade deadline. We talked about Hunter Renfro as one example to help them move the chains, start getting first downs, but it's just brutal. Even Garrett Wilson, as talented as he is, has been dropping passes at an alarming rate for a wide receiver who is the caliber that he is. So it's been brutal all the way around. I do think the excuse sounds silly. They should have come up with a better way to explain it, but ultimately this offense is just really bad and Sal is trying to find a way to spin out of it. The thing with Dobbs, too, and I can't remember if I said it, Scott, if it was pre-show or, or, or one of the first questions, but, you know, as I said, he, Zach Wilson's not a guy who's been in four, five, six different offenses and been in the league for six, seven years. He's he's still learning. He's still finding his way and, uh, and goes from one offense to the other, which obviously there's going to be a transitional phase. Dobbs, meanwhile, is a guy, you know, he's been in the league since 2018. He's played with, you know, four or five different teams. And... And yeah, the better infrastructure around him. That old line, you know, Zach Wilson's playing behind a, a, a patchwork offensive line that, you know, you're, you're seeing him literally play games where he's he's getting 20 plus pressures um, versus, you know, Dobbs playing in Minnesota where it's one of the top units in the NFL. So, you know, entirely different, uh, entirely different situations for both quarterbacks. But it is maddening, as I said, to hear the Jets say, you know, we're having to adjust now because this was Aaron's offense. I mean, it's. It's such it's it's so short sighted and such a a blatant, you know, lack of attention to detail and, and, and preparation that it might be to me if if it's lip service and they're just trying to think of a reason to 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 throw out an answer that some people might accept for Zach Wilson's struggles. It's it's a bad attempt, but I can live with that more than if it's true. And they're like, yeah, we Zach wasn't really a part of our planning. Um, even though he was our QB too, that I would think of all the 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 flubs that we've seen from Robert Sala, um, that would in my mind anyway, that would be his biggest. That you went out and traded for a guy and didn't make it a priority to make sure that he was able to run the offense that the starter was running at least well enough for it to not be the disaster that it's been. Chris Couchet also asks, when will the Jets start holding guys accountable for bad penalties or drop passes? If you make a boneheaded penalty, come off the field for a handful of plays or a whole series. Uzama cost the Jets a touchdown with the holding penalty, and he was on the field the very next play. That's a great question. And it's one thing if we're talking about Garrett Wilson. I get it. At that point, if he drops a pass, what are you going to do? Bench your best player? No. But when you're talking about somebody like CJ Ozama, absolutely. Send him to the bench and put Jeremy Ruckert in there. Most of the time on offense, the Jets have other options that they can put in there if somebody is really screwing up like that. Even Alan Lazard. I don't care. He's been performing at such a poor level that if he gets called for a penalty or drops a pass at this point, just take him out and put Jason Brownlee in. What do you have to lose anymore? There are certain spots, like I said, where you're not really going to do that. Brees Hall would be an example as well, in addition to Garrett Wilson. But these guys do need to be held accountable. They did cut Michael Carter, so that's one guy that I guess was held accountable, although they said it was because they wanted to give him a chance to catch on elsewhere. 
But he was another one who would drop passes, get called for penalties and all of that, and needed to be held accountable sooner. You are definitely right about that. Osama is a perfect example of what you're saying. He should not have been on the field at all the rest of the way after costing the Jets that touchdown. Yeah, I, I honestly think the answer to that question is this week. I think that's why Michael Carter was let go. I think that's why Robert Sala has said publicly that they, they need to start getting Jeremy Ruckert more playing time. Um, so that that's in, in a nutshell. And that's that's one of the reasons I'm most looking forward to this game that I don't think they're going to win, but I think we're going to see some some new personnel, some new new players, because they've gotten to the point where they're like, the you know, same thing over and over again, same mistakes, same guys. Let's give some other guys an opportunity. So the question is, when are they going to do something about it? My guess is this Sunday. Chris also asks, along the same lines, when are C.J. Ozama and Alan Lazard going to get shot into the sun? I get not making changes just for the sake of making changes, but how about making changes for guys that are clearly underperforming when you have other options available on the bench and you can see what they can do, namely Ruckert and Brownlee? Yeah, I agree. I'd like to see more Gibson, more Brownlee, more Ruckert. Lazard and Azam are simply not getting it done. <laughs> I don't know how else to put it. They seem like nice guys, but Ozama is not playing well. He hasn't played well at all really since he got here, but certainly this year he's been really bad. And the Jets have Jeremy Ruckert sitting there on the bench. And it's not ideal that they would have to go to undrafted rookies like Brownlee and Gibson over Lazard. But at this point, how much worse could they be? Alan Lazard has the highest drop rate in the NFL right now, and he's just not making any positive plays for the most part. When you do hear his name, it's almost always because he dropped a pass or got called for a penalty. So yeah, I agree. They got to stop running Alan Lazard and CJ Ozama out there so much. Ozama should go to the bench, period. Lazard, they should just cut back on his targets and his snaps, I would think, if nothing else. Yeah, and you know, by shoot him into the sun, that makes me think, when can you get rid of them? And the answer is not anytime soon. <laughs> um, you, you can at least, uh, you know, Uzama's a lot easier to bench because of the fact that teams are always willing to to sit a guy who makes a little bit less money. They hate those big money guys sitting on the bench. I think at this point, if they were willing to to bench guys who were making a lot, we <laughs> they'd be trying to find ways to get Saffold to outplay Lakin Tomlinson at guard because because of how bad he's been. But they really do need to get these guys off the field. I don't know the the, the question that that enters my mind when I when I listen and I get Robert Sala. You know, we are in an era where coaches don't openly rip their guys. It just doesn't happen. They coddle, they protect, they, they everything has to be great and rosy, and the excuses he makes. But I, I just I want someone to ask, you know, Robert, how bad does it have to get? Like, at what point? What what else does C.J. Uzama? What else does Alan Lazard? what more do they have to do to get benched? Because one of them has the worst catch rate in the NFL, and the other one is offering little to nothing in terms of production, but is getting killer penalties. Like, what what more do they have to do for you to say, okay, I have to sit them? Um, because asking, are you going to bench them, isn't enough. Or are you going to do, is it, Salah will talk his way around it. But just ask the question, how much worse does it have to get for you to do something like that? But I think I think this past week, losing another game, that was, you know, due to, and even, even, you know, I think we all agree the best throw of the game from Zach was that ball to Lazard over the middle that he almost, he almost dropped that. He double caught that thing. I mean, even when he catches the ball, it's an adventure. And I think Salah's had enough. That's going to wrap up part two of the mailbag. Thanks to Glenn Naughton, the editor of JetNation.com for joining me to answer questions. Make sure you check out everything he's doing 
and follow him on social media. Check out everything we're doing at playlikeajet.com and the Play Like a Jet YouTube channel. We've got some awesome All-22 breakdowns on our channel, so watch those videos and subscribe if you haven't already, youtube.com slash playlikeajet. Visit our store, tpublic.com. That's T-E-E-public.com. We've got the John Franklin Myers, Quinn and Williams, bless you, thank you shirt, the Play Like a Jet logo shirt, caps, mugs, hoodies, it's all there, tpublic.com. That's T-E-E-public.com. And be sure to give us a five-star review for the podcast on iTunes if you haven't done that already easy way to help out the show if you like what we're doing doesn't take you much time doesn't cost you any money but it goes a long way to help us out so if you could go ahead and do that for us we'd be quite grateful and for the latest and greatest in New York Jets podcasts and content you know where to go that's play like a jet digital and play like a jet.com with lucky landslots you can get lucky just about anywhere dearly beloved we are gathered here today to has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. Laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right, ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, prohibited by law, 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire. Huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, full work, limited by law, 18 plus, terms and conditions apply. See website for details.